0: Hello. Hi. Good morning, afternoon, or pre-noon. Whatever
1: time it is for you, since you're the special one.
0: You're so special. And I've come very far over the internet highways and byways to bring you some bullshit about D&D. And I'm here too. Welcome to Summon Greater Podcast. We're going to do something I don't think we have yet done on the podcast today. What's that? Introduce ourselves.
2: (laughs)
1: I'm Sam. And I'm Skyler. And it only took us 12 episodes to do that. Yeah. I think. Now that you're all sick of us, nice to meet you. We
0: have some interesting <clears throat> stuff that we want to go over today. Boy, do we. One of us has been looking at 1D and D stuff, and the other has been playing Baldur's Gate nonstop, unapologetically.
1: I can't stop. Please help.
3: At least you're not doing
1: it alone, brother. It's true. My wife is playing with me. We have completely and royally fucked up our first run.
2: <laughs> no, really?
1: What do you mean? Uh, we killed on accident. Just Not like we actually killed them ourselves, but through our actions, several of the prospective companions have died.
0: Well, that's not good. No. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Yeah, we
1: missed, a, we missed a few really, really cool things back in Act 1. We missed some really cool things back in Act 2. Mm-hmm. And now we're in act three and just kind of winging it, but it is, it is still so much fun. I cannot get over how exciting that game is at every turn.
0: Hell yeah. Good. (coughs) Before we get to any of that, we've got a few people we want to talk about. Yeah. We're calling them out by name. And the first one is Ratchet ratchet from ratchet, ratchet and clank, and clank. <laughs> <laughs> i landed on something pretty easily what do you think it is artificer yes yeah, yeah. I mean, tabaxi it's actually
1: artificer ratchet tabaxi
0: yeah mm-hmm. now i i was having a hard time making a decision between tabaxi and and the the kitsune which is not official material but like
2: everyone Maybe.
1: loves kitsune you like, know. I, sh- I shouldn't say everyone some people hate it
0: but <clears throat> some people hate it just because it's not, not official content and Fair. I think that's a less than valid opinion <laughs> I agree because this is a homebrew show <laughs> yeah I agree
1: I really do um, and also Pathfinder made it official so what are you waiting for yeah. Watsi come on, catch up give me cute fox people carefully <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, hey, some people hate Kitsune Some people love Kitsune some people, some people love Kitsune
0: Some people are the same with Tabaxi This isn't original
1: No, it's not <laughs> <laughs> Some people are the same with Every race in D&D That's not human Do you think,
0: do you think anyone like Really, really loves Gith?
1: Yeah, man I'm playing Baldur's <laughs> Gate <laughs>
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the, the real question that I have is, do you think anybody's getting it up for Lakatha? Skyler?
0: <clears throat> you've been on the internet. I've been on the internet. Now not- there, there's a rule out there.
3: I'm not going to say which one, but that
0: aside, have yeah. you heard of Vaporeon?
1: Man, it's not quite the same, but it's close enough that the internet thinks it's the same, and there I hate go. that.
0: Yep, that's that's where I'm coming from here. <laughs>
1: uh, but anyway, uh, back to Ratchet, as we were talking about before, Yeah, <laughs> things got Vaporeon weird. So Homie is for <laughs>
0: sure an artificer, but he
1: could
3: be... Oh my god. Oh?
0: This is potentially a much larger segue than we're prepared for, but we were just talking about this new subclass in the 1D&D playtest currently called Brawler. Oh, dude. And it has the option for mastery with improvised weapons. Yep. And that's more ratchet than anything.
1: I was going to say, that's... That's, I feel like that fits so many of the like early 3D animated game characters. It, and that's not to might. say it takes away from Ratchet, but like the other thing that popped into my head was Banjo Kazooie. Oh, for
0: Brawler. <clears throat> oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> just by the manner in which. Uh, banjo uses kazooie as a weapon (laughs) i think you're on to something
1: yeah (laughs) i think that's totally valid yeah yeah but yeah no i think that makes perfect sense for ratchet too Uh that's so cool (laughs) that's
0: really funny uh man we're we're gonna talk about that subclass a little more later but it, it i really do think
1: that's a good fit yeah For sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a single thing that we can like debate about that either. Like, I think that is purely that is what Ratchet is. I
0: think what's up for debate is how
1: much artificer is there? Like, like what are the levels of the multi-class, you know? Yeah. Cause I think he needs at least 10 levels in artificer. I would say so. yeah. 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 I think the real debate comes in like, do you go like 15 and five? With artificer and fighter, or maybe even just ten and ten. Yeah, so I think
0: I think <laughs> the higher of the two would be artificer, uh, because guns,
2: right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and also like he knows his way around machinery, such that he would be an artificer. Mm-hmm. But also, he really knows his way around machinery, and he can build some really crazy stuff. Uh, to the point where we're looking at a decently high-level Artificer, I think.
1: Yeah, especially with, like, the infusions and everything. Yes. Yep. (laughs) To that point, what subclass of Artificer do you think you'd be? Oh, hell. You're asking the tough ones. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Battlesmith. Battlesmith. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Turrets and things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like Ratchet. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. 15 levels of... Battlesmith Artificer and five levels of brawler champ or fighter. Yeah, brawler yeah. fighter. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Clank though. Clank. I know far less about Clank. You're going to, you're going to kill me. We just had a whole conversation about ratchet. I've never played a single one of those games. Hey,
0: that's fine. Neither have I, but I've listened <laughs> to, <laughs> I've listened okay. to several friends of mine go on and on and on about the
1: games. That's fair. Um, Clank is 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 he like a sentient gear thingy? Very or? much so. Yeah, he's okay. easily a warforged. Okay, okay, that, that's what that much
0: is for sure. Trying to figure um, it out. Well, I, I just I don't know if you can if you
1: can even assign a class to him. What does he do in the games? <clears throat> I know we can turn into shit sometimes. Wait, one of the artificer infusions is a, hum- a homunculus servant. Oh, what if Clank is the homunculus? Clank. Would not love that, but he is. (laughs) I mean, hey, he never said they had to enjoy being the homunculus. Yeah. Or maybe he's the um, like the walking turret. Battlesmith creates turrets and things. Sentient, Uh, Sentient turret? No. I think
0: I think he's just he's he's on a different level. He's more sentient than that. Okay.
1: Homunculus is. Maybe closer. I think them.
0: homunculus fits.
1: Yeah, because I mean that just begs the question: which came first, the ratchet or the clank? The what? <laughs> Did ratchet make clank? No. Okay.
0: No, clank showed up. <clears throat> ah, just out of nowhere.
1: He's just a warforged. Well, H- he's NPC. got. He's got
0: lore, but he's like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm making this comparison. Have you? Uh, we talked about VeggieTales a little bit the other day. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember the toy that saved Christmas?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Louie. Clank is that a little bit. Like, okay. one of, you know, Utility. thousands that just gain <laughs> sentience of its own, kind of. He's a glitch in the system.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Who have you um, got for me? I have <clears throat> a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. We're going to Star Wars. We're going to Star Wars. We're going to Star Wars. This is fun. Anakin Skywalker. Okay. So. Jedi are.
3: Are monks. Jedi are monks. Like. This is well established. However.
0: Anakin is like barely a Jedi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think there are some Jedi that Monk would fit very well for, Uh specifically Yoda. But. Okay. So it could
0: be a blanket, but there are some whose personality it fits better than others is kind of your angle. Yeah. I'm kind
1: of looking at this from the the perspective of like their combat style, how they interact with people, things like that. Okay. Yeah. Anakin strikes me as an oath of vengeance paladin. He sure is that. Uh Uh-huh. Oath of Vengeance Paladin with maybe a few levels of Barbarian.
0: My first inclination with him was Battlemaster
1: Fighter. I could see it. I think... I think Rage is
0: too appropriate, though.
1: Yeah. I I think I like Barbarian better purely for the fact that the Constitution-based armor class increase Uh i think it fits anakin
0: well it fits darth vader also
1: yeah that was going to be my next thing darth vader i think whatever we take from anakin all we do is vader has become an oath breaker okay how do you figure that was my first impression there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: was the the oath breaker was the change i guess technically it could stay oath of vengeance So. But I think I think you're right,
0: actually, but I don't think that the switch happens when he becomes Darth Vader. I think it actually happens much later in his life. Um, probably. Probably around or before the time that uh, he reveals himself to Luke,
1: I was actually going to say probably around the time he discovers that he has children.
0: That, oh, that is a, that is a good point. That's a good point because, mm, have you read many of like the novels, whether they're canon or not at this <laughs> point in time? Sadly, no. So kind of a theme that I noticed in, in many of the ones I was reading while growing up uh, was that he, he despises Palpatine. Mm. Like he just hates that guy so much. Um and I, I think, you know, even even after the Disney acquisition, a lot of that sentiment probably remains canon within the character. Um even if even if some of the books I read don't. You know, after after he's gotten vengeance for both his mom and then Padme later, um he sort of begins to realize that He's been manipulated this entire time. His way to get out would be by killing Palpatine, but he knows he's not strong enough to do that. Later, when he hears he has
3: a child, uh, at least one, he
0: goes, oh, maybe there's someone who can. Maybe I can train them to be someone who can do so.
1: Oh no, I just figured it out. What do you think? So we're on the money with Paladin Barbarian, uh-huh. multi <clears throat> but it's not Oath of Vengeance. No. It's Oath of Devotion. Oath of Devotion. Because he grew up dedicated to the Jedi way, the Jedi Council, this, that, and the other thing. He became an Oathbreaker when Shmi died.
0: There's an idea.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Because that is when he started really actually separating from the Jedi Council and the Jedi way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough because vengeance is a, <clears throat> a huge part of his character. I feel like that is very specifically limited to Attack of the Clones.
1: Which is vengeance? Yeah. Yeah. Because the other thing, though, with Oathbreaker, uh-huh. the specific aura that Oathbreaker Paladins get is called Aura of Hate. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, mm. and it gives them um, a bonus to melee weapon damage rolls mm-hmm. equal to their charisma modifier. Wow! Yeah, which I think is probably the most thematically Anakin Skywalker thing that really exist.
0: is. Yeah, that is a much better fit. Now that you now that you bring that up,
1: <clears throat> especially like seeing the eyes change and like. The sand, the sand people slaughter mm-hmm. oh, having that be like the activation of the aura of hate. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I uh-huh. like that. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> yeah. The only thing I'm not sure about is how much barbarian would he take? And if he took enough to get a subclass, what subclass would it be? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to trying to parse that out too. I honestly, I don't know if he would even take more than two levels of Barbarian, though. That is
0: true. It's sort of just flavor for him.
1: Yeah, and Barbarian is one of those classes, like we talked about so long ago with multiclassing. Barbarian is one of the most overpowered multiclass classes because you get unarmored defense and rage at first level. (laughs) Yeah. So unless you have something that you want to get to... There's not really much point in going beyond first or second level uh-huh. on barbarian. Um, at second level they get reckless attack and danger sense.
0: They do Hear me out. What do you
3: think What do you think about berserker? I could I could see berserker. I think that's the one that I could justify. Yeah. Cuz there are there are instances in extended universe stuff of
0: Vader going on what I would say are Berserker runs.
2: Yeah. You know, like like
3: Order 66, period. <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> but the other thing, another counter-argument to that, even taking us back And taking away all levels of Barbarian and going straight Paladin. Mm -hmm. If he goes Oathbreaker at 20th level,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. the the level 20 Oathbreaker ability is called Dreadlord.
0: Oh my god. That's such... Okay.
1: Come on, Lord Vader. Give me the description. Come on, Lord Vader. At 20th level, the Paladin can, as an action, surround him or herself with an aura of gloom that lasts for one minute. The aura reduces any bright light in a 30-foot radius around the paladin to dim light. <clears throat> Whenever an enemy that is frightened by the paladin starts its turn in, the, in that aura, it takes 4d10 psychic damage. Oh, gee. Additionally, the paladin and creatures he or she chooses in the aura are draped in deeper shadow. Creatures that rely on sight have disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures draped in this shadow. While the aura lasts, the paladin can use a bonus action on his or her turn to cause the shadows in the aura to attack one creature. Oh my God. The paladin makes a melee spell attack against the creature. If the attack hits, the target takes necrotic damage equal to 3d10 plus the paladin's charisma modifier. This is giving me rogue one tantive four hallway scene.
0: Uh, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is by flavor. Yeah. I think um some of the some of the abilities as a part of that feature are you know a little fantastical even for Vader.
1: Well, I don't but know about that. No. Force choke. That's that's true but it's like an active thing. Like yeah. that's that's an
0: action to do that, you know. That's fair, yeah.
1: Yeah, no. I I think you're right. It, it, there's the problem is there are so many really really cool abilities that could fit Anakin or Darth Vader. I
0: I think we keep finding more.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think for the most consistent Anakin build though, I like the idea of doing high level Oath of Devotion broken into Oathbreaker yeah. Paladin and then do a couple levels of barbarian yeah. maybe spec into berserker. Yeah, Bird. I
0: think I think the the rage is just necessary. Yeah, I would say two base for Anakin. Yeah.
1: The other crazy thing about rage is that you can still use Divine Smite. Oh my god, man. Technically you can't cast spells while you're raging, but Divine Smite, you just use the spell slots. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. That's so good.
3: <laughs> but yeah.
0: <clears throat> what a guy.
1: Speaking of the uh the 1D&D subclass for, uh, for Ratchet over there. Yes, we can talk about
0: Brawler, dude. So this is a, again, this is a new fighter subclass that uh, Wizards is testing in the newest playtest of 1D&D. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the uh, playtest 7 play at the time of recording. <clears throat> so let's get into that a little bit. Brawlers focus their training and study not on swordplay and battle tactics, but on the skills needed to turn a punch or kick into a brutal strike and any innocuous object into a deadly weapon. Some brawlers thrive in tavern scuffles and street rumbles, while others excel in espionage, wielding ordinary objects with the deadliness of an assassin's knife. Well, let's get into the features. At level 3, you get Unarmed Expert. You can roll 1d6 plus your Strength mod in place of, a no- in place of the normal damage of your unarmed strike. If you aren't holding any weapons or a shield when you make the attack roll, the D6 becomes a D8.
1: That one's really cool because that has, up until now, <clears throat> well, actually it came out recently, but it was in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. It was a new um, fighting style mm-hmm. that you could take. It was the unarmed fighting style. Yeah. And it did that. But I kind of like that it's just part of the subclass.
0: It is interesting as a subclass. I, I'm torn... you know having this not be a fighting style if that ends up being the case anyway they just turn the fighting style into a subclass
1: Um, if that's the case though i think it could be kind of interesting because it opens up you can then pick a different fighting style
0: i know but like what if what if i really want to be a barbarian that punches things i see or or <clears throat> you know, throw this on way of the open hand monk.
1: Well, it's not the most useful on monks because no. monks use their the, mar- the martial die or monastic die or whatever.
2: They anyway.
0: do, but the higher damage dice would be nice for unarmed strikes.
1: Yeah, it's only useful at low levels, though, because at higher levels, the monk's unarmed strike dice goes to, like, d10. That's true, yeah. Barbarian is where this would really excel. Yeah, I agree. If you're trying to add in a new fighting style. If you want to make the Hulk. Yeah. I guess the real question becomes, are they going to remove unarmed fighting as a fighting style because it's part of the class? Or are they just going to let you take unarmed fighting as a style in other subclasses? Yeah, that's what I don't
3: know. I'm not sure. Um...
0: I get through all of that. Uh, yes. Okay. Also, at level three, you have improvised expert. You are proficient with improvised weapons. Whenever you finish a long rest, choose one weapon property from the one-handed list and and one from the two-handed list. Um. So,
3: from one-handed,
0: you may choose light or thrown, uh, and then from two-handed, you
1: may choose reach or Throne. Uh, that's kind of crazy that you can choose throne for a two handed weapon, isn't it? Isn't it? That, that is really neat
0: <laughs> and a little scary. That's uh, super fun. We are going to get a little bit more into weapon <clears throat> properties later because that's not that's not
1: really a thing in five e, and not to the extent that it is. Not to this extent, yeah,
0: yeah. Until the end of your long rest, the one hand, the one handed choice applies to the two. Fuck, the one handed. Choice applies to the one-handed improvised weapons you yield, and the two-handed choice applies to the two-handed ones. In addition, whenever you attack with an improvised weapon, you can give it one of the following mastery properties for that attack, depending on whether it can be wielded in one hand or two. For one-handed, you can pick sap, slow, or vex, and for two-handed, you can pick cleave, push, or topple. Again, we'll get into these a little bit later.
1: Yeah, the mastery weapon, or the weapon mastery properties, mastery property, weapon property, ma- mastery. <laughs> They're they're all kind of (laughs) cool. I
0: really, really like them a lot. (laughs) Gotta say. At level 7, you have Grappling Expert, where you can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action. When you use unarmed strike in this way, you you must choose the grapple or shove option. Oh, that's
1: sick. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I think that's really exciting, especially for me, having been playing as much baldurs gate as i have
2: mm-hmm.
1: realizing just how useful the shove action is yeah yeah you can do that as a bonus action in baldurs gate right or yes yeah it's a it's a bonus yeah. action in baldurs gate i think
0: they were probably thinking with this class like of that you know uh Like, like, should we, should we incorporate that? And then maybe in play testing, they realized, oh, not all the way. (laughs) Like, we should make that specific to something or a feat.
1: Yeah, that's something that I think it, it continues to escape me just how much the Wizards of the Coast, like Dungeons and Dragons development team worked with Larian Studios.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because just as you read through these documents, you find stuff that's in Baldur's Gate.
1: Yeah, it wasn't just a one way street. Like, it yeah. was, they took stuff from Baldur's Gate and they said, okay, we're going to try and implement some of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really, really neat. <coughs> in, in addition, at the start of each of your turns, you can deal 1d6 bludgeoning damage to one creature grappled by you.
1: That's part of the same level seven thing.
0: Yes, that is, that is the same thing. It's on, it continues on the next page here. Oh my gosh. I love the 10. So yeah, just, you like get someone in a headlock and then like punch them in the liver a bunch <laughs> of times, you know, that's what I'm kind of thinking.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, that's awesome. This is something that like we had the grappler feet for a long time and it was cool. Like thematically super cool. Yeah. But there was never really a good build that you could slot that into where it felt useful. This is that build. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I don't even think you need the grappler feet for this build. Like, you it just kind of does it itself.
0: might not, yeah. At level 10, you get dirty fighting where you have advantage on attack rolls made with improvised weapons and unarmed strikes against a creature
1: grappled by you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is just the ultimate you meet in a tavern and a bar fight breaks
2: out. <laughs> it really is, yeah
1: who's yeah, throwing like,
0: the chair dude you do not want to be across the room from this guy when he picks up that chair literally worst God. possible scenario <laughs> uh also this is a uh, this is spike spiegel from cowboy bebop
1: i haven't watched cowboy okay bebop. you will
0: you will love it when okay. you do <laughs> At level 15, you get Improvised Specialist. You are a master at making the ordinary deadly. Whenever you hit a creature with an improvised weapon, you can add your proficiency bonus to the damage roll, and the damage die of your two-handed improvised weapons becomes 1d12. What? In addition, whenever you attack with an improvised weapon, you can use two mastery properties from Improvised Expert instead of one. That's That's insane. That's so silly, man. So now that chair
1: that you're throwing across the room does 1d12 damage. Yeah,
0: and is going to knock someone over.
1: (laughs) It might might knock multiple people over.
0: It might, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At level 18, you get unarmed specialists. Your unarmed strikes improve to a d8. If you aren't holding any weapons or a shield, when you make the attack roll, the d8 becomes a d10. Yeah...
1: Very cool and good. This whole subclass is I do one thing and I do it damn good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I. Now that
3: that gives me pause a little bit because. I mean,
1: it's doing a lot. Uh, I feel like it should be doing a little bit more. Well, here's the thing that I always forget with fighters. They get almost double the amount of feats. That other classes do. Oh, uh, <laughs> that is true, isn't it? Yeah, so the fighter subclass that you pick kind of just tells you what your combat style is going to be. Right. The feats are kind of how you build your character.
3: hmm <clears throat> Yeah, you're right. Um,
0: and also, as I'm thinking about it, like, grappling Expert is really good. Yeah. Like, so good. Um, and also, I might start to feel differently about this when we start reading through the weapon properties list again and mastery properties. Mhm. <clears throat> so what if we
1: do that? Well, here's another thing that I was yes. going to talk about though. Um specifically when we were talking about uh the conversations between Wizards of the Coast and Larian Studios kind of being a two-way street. Yeah. Um there is a new subclass in playtest number 7. That is a subclass that's already in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. It is. They've made some changes to it, but they have officially adopted the name Path of the Wild Heart Barbarian. That's right. <clears throat> that's uh, page five. Thank you. So this is the update to what used to be the, I think it was, Path of the Totem Warrior? Mm -hmm. The one where you can get like your Bear Totem and things like that. So, yeah, this is their update to that. At level three, you get Animal Speaker. You can cast Beast Sense and speak with animals as rituals. Wisdom is your spellcasting ability for them. You can only cast them as rituals. You don't have any spell slots or anything. Um,. Also at level 3, you get Rage of the Wilds. Your Rage taps into the primal power of animals. You gain one of the following options of your choice. Whenever you gain a Barbarian level, you can change your choice. Um, Bear. When you activate your Rage, choose two damage types other than Force or Psychic. You gain resistance to the chosen types until the Rage ends. Eagle. When you activate your Rage, and as a bonus action while it's active, you can take both the Disengage and the Dash action. Wolf. While your Rage is active, your allies have advantage on melee attack rolls against any enemy of yours within 10 feet of you.
0: So your allies get that?
1: Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here in just the level 3 abilities. Obviously, for all of our bear totem totem barbarian stands, I'm sorry. You're losing your glorious resistance to everything except psychic damage. It's cool. We all love it. DMs everywhere are probably breathing a sigh of relief. (laughs) Um, You still get to choose two damage types Mm -hmm. whenever you rage, which I think kind of makes up for it. Because if you're going into a battle, you can kind of scout out what types of damage are being used, and then when you rage, you can just cherry pick. A I couple. was gonna say, yeah,
0: this is a little bit like a homebrew item I brought up in a very in a very early episode.
1: Oh yeah, the ring.
0: Uh huh. Yep. Where where you scout out like what type of damage you're about to take? This is that too a much higher degree with two damage types Yeah, for a whole battle.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, for the whole rage. For All the whole rage, long. excuse me. Yeah. All
0: I, I long tend long rage, to right. conflate the two because typically <laughs> my barbarians have, have rage for the entire battle, and then it's done because they've wiped the floor
1: yeah. <laughs> with everyone else. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> and then Eagle is really cool, too. The other thing about Path of the Totem Warrior Barbarian, as we currently have it in 5th edition, Bear totem is amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what any of the other totems are? No, sir. I don't either. (laughs) 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 And I don't think anyone else does either. Uh, There's maybe like eagle. I've never seen this used. (laughs) Yeah, like eagle and elk, I think, are a couple of the other ones. And I think they like help you with your like sight. I think eagle gives you like advantage on perception or something. And you can see up to a mile and elk lets you like knock people over
3: uh i'll help you
0: out here elk um your travel pace is doubled and uh the travel pace of your companions when they're close to you um it's it's basically just just a travel thing Mm -hmm. exclusively which a little underpowered i can see why they removed it to be honest yeah um eagle has a lot more to do with sight in the original
1: um i can see
0: why they changed this
1: yeah and i mean this goes back to a conversation we had a while ago again about how dungeons and dragons used to be more like a an adventure board game
0: that's super true yeah because what i'm seeing what i'm seeing in here uh with with this aspect of the beast feature is what it used to be um still is question mark what is it called now um, rage, rage of the Wilds. Wild. Yeah. Um, this now is much more defined to your rage. Oh, hold on a second. I'm a. Uh, I skipped over this completely. Aspect of the Beast happens in tandem with the rage effects. So let me talk about the rage effects. Uh, so bear used to be. Yeah, you have resistance to all all damage except psychic. That's just five e.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. okay eagle was other creatures have disadvantage on opportunity attack rolls against you okay and you so can take dash on a bonus action on your turn okay uh, elk was your walking speed increases by 15 feet um not bad but I wouldn't pick it over anything else here right Tiger is well raging. You can add 10 feet to your long jump distance and three feet to your high jump distance. Again, okay, but I'm picking bear over that. Right. Or eagle, even. hmm Wolf was, your friends have advantage on melee attack rolls against any creature within five feet of you that's hostile to you.
1: Okay, so basically they took bear nerfed it a little bit they took eagle buffed it a little bit and they took wolf and buffed it a little bit a little bit and they just said no one's using any of the rest of this stuff yeah because eagle now says when uh when you activate your rage and as a bonus action while it's active you can take the disengage or dash action Mm -hmm. which is just objectively better because the original one enemies had disadvantage on opportunity attacks against you now you can disengage and they just can't make opportunity attacks against you And also being able to use dash, if that's what you would prefer to do. And Wolf just extended that threatened aura, basically. In the original, it was hostile creatures within 5 feet of you that allies had advantage against. Now it's within 10 feet. So I think think this is a really good start to evening out the playing field for... the new Path of the Wild Heart Barbarian.
0: I agree. I think it's less options for both Rage of the Wilds and Aspect of the Wilds, but I think it's appropriate in both cases.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, it's still good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's still very good. It's still great, dude. And that's only up to, like I said, the level three abilities. Yeah. So moving on to level six, we have Aspect of the Wilds. You gain one of the following options of your choice. Whenever you gain a barbarian level, you can change your choice. Elephant. You gain proficiency in athletics or insight. If you already have proficiency in the skill, you gain expertise in it instead. That makes me very happy. I love having options to gain expertise if you already have proficiency. Yeah. There were too many instances in 5th edition where they would say, if you already have proficiency in this skill, choose something else. Yeah um but yeah elephant you gain proficiency in athletics or insight owl you gain proficiency in investigation or perception again if you already have proficiency you gain expertise instead and spider you gain proficiency in stealth or survival if you already have proficiency you gain expertise instead this is really really good it's great i want more expertise in more places. Yeah, and honestly, just more opportunities to gain proficiencies as you yeah. level up, because barbarians, I think, of all of the classes, usually wind up with the least amount of proficiencies. <clears throat> I don't know that, but I could see that. It's It's felt that way to me, mm-hmm. and obviously my opinion is all that matters right. in this case. We're not taking any professional opinions into account here. If I think something's not good, it's not good. (laughs) But, um, yeah, just really love the different options Mm -hmm. for playing your character. And the the fact that you're able to switch these out with every level up is super cool. Mm -hmm. Because it means that you can be a modular barbarian. You can specialize in something for a little while. And then when you gain more power, you can specialize in a different direction. Yep. And it makes you useful out of combat. Mm -hmm. Something barbarians sorely need. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I just had a a roleplay thought about, like, if I were to do something like this, Mm -hmm. I think this would be a a fun subclass to play as part of a sibling pair with another player uh, Mm -hmm. where they play a druid.
1: Yeah. Oh, that would be me. so cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Especially with the uh, next ability that the Barbarian gets at level 10. Oh, yeah. Nature Speaker. You can cast Commune with Nature. Only as a ritual. You With your uh, Wisdom as your spellcasting modifier for it. But Commune with Nature is a pretty good spell. It's uh, it's nothing to scoff at. Let me see if I can pull it up here.
0: I got it. You got you, it. You briefly become one with nature and gain knowledge of the surrounding territory. In the outdoors, the spell gives you knowledge of the land within three miles of you. In caves and other natural underground settings, the radius is limited to 300 feet. The spell doesn't function where nature has been replaced by construction, such as in dungeons and towns. You instantly gain knowledge of up to, th- up to three facts of your choice about any of the following subjects as they relate to the area. Terrain and bodies of water, prevalent plants, minerals, animals, or peoples, powerful, celestials, fey, fiends, elementals, or undead, uh, undead influence from other planes of existence, buildings, and buildings is the last one.
3: That's, that's a lot. It is, it is so many things, and
0: good choices to be able to make.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the fact that this isn't limited to like, Oh, once per long rest, you can just cast this as a ritual. Yeah. If you've got 10 minutes to spend, you just plop your ass down in the grass and you can tell people, Oh, there's a portal to the Fey realm two miles from here. Yeah. And everyone turns and looks at you and goes, what the fuck? I didn't know you could do that. Also like, how does big man know that? (laughs) What's he up to? (laughs) The mushrooms told me. (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah then there's one more uh, ability at level 14 power of the wild you gain one of the following options of your choice whenever you gain a barbarian level you can change your choice lion while your rage is active any of your enemies within 5 feet of you have disadvantage on attack rolls against targets other than you or another barbarian with this feature Falcon, while your rage is active, you have a fly speed equal to your m- movement speed, your walking speed, provided you aren't wearing any armor.
2: Uh huh.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> That's a little terrifying. Yeah. Flying I, barbarian is. Uh huh. And then the last one is Ram. While your rage is active, when you hit a large or smaller creature with a melee attack, it must succeed on a strength saving throw. DC is equal to 8, plus your proficiency bonus, plus your strength modifier, or they gain the prone condition. Mm -hmm. I think Falcon is probably the one that's going to be chosen the most. Is it? I really do. Yeah? A lot of people have this obsession with fly speed in D&D.
3: Yeah...
0: The, I, the thing is, like,
1: you gotta doff armor completely. Well, but barbarians don't wear armor. Barbarians don't. Because right. it's, it's the constitution armor class.
3: Yeah, you're right.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it'll be either Falcon or Ram that gets the most use out of these three. <laughs> Being able to knock people prone is pretty useful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. If it were me, I'd
0: fuck (laughs) i mean i want to say i'd pick ram but i i sure don't know
1: well and it also depends on your party too
0: it depends on your party and it depends on what what the good flavor is for your character yeah in my opinion Mm -hmm. anyway that's
1: how i play mine yeah that i I love it when people do that like yes you can i'm not even going to use the word metagame you can strategize your character to like Combo off in multiple different ways based on the abilities that you chose. And that's amazing. More power to you. That's so fun to watch. What is also very fun to watch is a character who takes a less optimized build because it fits with what their character wants, what their character is doing, the path that they're on spiritually, mentally, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most beautiful things you can see in D&D. Is someone embracing their character beyond a sheet of paper, beyond numbers to optimize? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that's um, Path of the Wild Heart Barbarian, which is uh, currently the name of the subclass in Baldur's Gate. So I was kind of excited. Oh, they did
0: change it for Baldur's Gate.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's it's Path of the Wild Heart in Baldur's Gate. So I was excited to hear that that was in in the playtest. Yeah. When I saw that, no, this is awesome. Does it does it function exactly like all this? Uh, no, no. I think it's similar. Um, there are a lot of mechanics that were th- that received minor changes, mm-hmm. and some mechanics received major changes, just to fit better into the, um, <clears throat> like the the, MMORPG type of playstyle. Yeah. So. Yeah, for as much of Baldur's Gate that is purely based off of D&D 5th edition, there is a decent amount in there that I have had to look up on the Baldur's Gate wiki because I was like, this isn't in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was this? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and my favorite part about it is that usually those turn out to be really, really cool mechanics. Yeah. And a lot of them are like buffs and debuffs that you can just acquire in combat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, props to Larian Studios for taking D&D and going, we're just going to tweak this and add a little bit of this. And yeah. there you go. Now you can have it. I, I love so much
0: the moments that you've talked with me about a little bit where you're like, oh, yeah, it should be that way. What the hell? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my favorite.
1: Yeah. There were a couple other things in the... Um, one D and D play test that you wanted to talk about. Um, you mentioned the weapon properties, before.
0: yes, I did all weapons in the weapon list in the weapon tables have certain properties. Now this isn't new. Uh, we are familiar with one handed, two handed. They don't specify one handed, but you get me. Uh, we're familiar with finesse and, uh, light and heavy and all that. I think we had light and heavy before. Yes. Yeah. Um, but some things are a touch different. One of the newest things in this playtest version uh, is the, ch- the changes to heavy. This oh, is something... Oh, yeah. Ooh. This is something that we discussed a few episodes ago, maybe like three or so, uh, where... Uh, oh, when we talked about the the big tower shield in glory of the giants, Mm -hmm. we were kind of, you know, theorizing like, like what would be a better way to go about this? Because just anyone can use that, right? If they can use shields, they can use that shield.
1: Yeah. Like having a difference between light and heavy shields. Kind of a thing.
0: A heavy weapon is unwieldy compared to other weapons. You have disadvantage on your attack rolls with a heavy weapon if it's a melee weapon and your strength score isn't at least 13, and if it's a ranged weapon and your dex isn't at least 13. That's
1: Yep. That's I what I wanted. Now. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember now because we said they, that we thought heavy shields should have a strength
0: exactly, requirement. Exactly. Exactly. And that is what that shield should have. That yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> That makes me so happy. Yeah. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for listening to our podcast That's and taking right. our advice. Clearly it's it's you can you can all thank us.
0: Oh we did man, this. it might be more of a great mind a light <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, and, and so do ours. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what do you uh, uh let's talk about light. When you take the attack action on your your turn and attack with a light weapon, you can make one extra attack as a bonus action later on the same turn. Ooh, That's a big change. Um, that's, that's not tied to any extra attack feature of any class or subclass. That's just the weapon. Mm. And you don't have to have mastery of the weapon to do this. It's just action bonus action. And I think that's fun because at lower levels for quite a few classes and subclasses, You don't have a ton of things you can do with a bonus action. So if you're, you know, wielding a light weapon and for many, many levels, you don't have anything at all you can do with a bonus action, you're getting two attacks. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that's really nice. I think it's fun.
0: If you take the attack action on your turn and have a short sword in one hand and a dagger in the other, each of which has the light property... You can make one attack with each weapon using your action and a bonus action, but you don't add your strength or dex mod to the damage roll of the bonus action unless that modifier is negative.
1: That's a lot. Uh, it is a bit. Short sword one hand, ow, dagger ow. and the other. Each it's just animation. an example that it's giving. Oh, I see. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's nice. It's it's nice that that is now attached to the weapon property. Mm-hmm. Like it was cool to have that as like the the ability from. Multiple other different locations, but specifically the fighting style. But, yeah, uh, attaching it to the weapon itself is kind of what we needed. Yeah. Yeah, it's good.
0: I like it quite a bit.
2: Mm -hmm. Throne,
0: I don't. Throne might be different. You can tell me. Uh, If a weapon has the throne property, you can take the throw. You can throw the weapon to make a ranged attack, and you can draw that weapon as part of the attack. If the weapon is a melee weapon, you use the same ability modifier for that attack roll and damage roll that you would use for a melee attack with the weapon. Is that different? Because I sort of don't feel like it was that way before.
2: Um, I think I'm
0: wrong, actually.
2: That one is the same. That
0: is the same because you can (laughs) totally just throw a javelin the same way you would use it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. For example, if you throw a hand axe, you can use your strength. But if you throw a dagger, you can use either your strength or your dex since the dagger has the finesse property.
1: Yeah. So it basically just means if if the weapon has the thrown property, whatever is its normal stat you would use to attack with it is yeah. just how you throw not,
0: it as well. Not sure anything is different there, but I feel like the difference in like the finesse property
3: thing there might be an addendum. Not totally sure.
1: The difference between strength and dex thing? Yeah. No, that's in the original. Okay, we don't have to talk about that one. Um,
0: So let's move on to mastery properties. The fun ones! Mm -hmm, This is what I wanted. Each weapon now has a mastery property, as shown in the weapon tables above. Uh, There are weapon tables here that are on page 45 of this playtest document, which I will link in the description. That property is usable only by a character who has a feature, such as Weapon Mastery, that unlocks the property for the character. So that is important to remember. Here are descriptions of each Mastery property. Let's talk about Cleave. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need a melee weapon with the Heavy property for this one. If you hit a creature with a melee attack using this weapon, you can make an attack roll with the weapon against a second creature within 5 feet of the first that is also within your reach. On a hit, the second creature takes the weapon's damage, but you don't add but don't add your ability modifier to the damage unless that modifier is negative. You can make this extra attack only once per turn. This is neat. I have kind of always felt like there are some weapons that should have an arc range, and this uh isn't that, but it is the perfect compromise in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Like they they need to have some, like some sort of a follow through. Cause like, I've always wondered what is the difference between stabbing with like a glaive or swinging it. Yep. And like in in my head, I was like, Hey, if I swing this thing like around me in a, in a circle, I'm probably going to hit more than one person, Mm -hmm. even though that technically only counts as one attack. So I like this because that means that I can go, I can do my crazy optimized fighter build with polearm master and sentinel and all that crap. Yeah. And then I can also take weapon mastery and get cleave on my glaive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you know, this would have to be a feat, but it's like, I feel like maybe if my big dumb barbarian has a big ass club and they swing it through the tavern, like they're, gonna hit more than one person more than likely you know yeah
1: probably and that's also don't forget you don't have to only gain feats at level up you can talk to your dm about using some downtime and just learn some shit yep or maybe your dm is really cool and you go through a battle or something traumatic or something really cool like just a brief little hanging out day and they just tell you at the end of it and they go, yeah, uh, you got a new feat. Here's your thing that you got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or they're thinking about their tables just compulsively <laughs> as we tend to do. <laughs> uh, and they hit you up with, Hey, I think your character probably has this because it makes way too much sense.
1: <laughs> this is, this is a, a, uh, very deep rabbit hole that I'm going to stick my toes in briefly. Yeah. Have you ever as a DM, not necessarily disagreed with your player, but like, have you ever done your own optimization of a player's character? Like, if you looked at a character that someone that one of your players has, I've and gone, I think they would do really well as this.
0: I've uh, I've been a player and done optimiz- optimization of other players' characters. <laughs> I just never brought it up. That
2: counts. That counts.
0: <laughs> totally done that. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I would play it
1: with this. <laughs> you yeah. know? Does one come to mind. I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot oh, here.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think most recently, um, I might've done something like that with the, Ken say monk character that I was talking about some episodes ago. And then the, the player of that character went and took the feet anyway. Oh, nice! It's like we're on the same wavelength, you know. So, like,
2: that's cool. it's like good. <laughs> Thank God, you're yeah. smart. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I think that's that's just something that's really funny. Like, I haven't done it very much um, as a DM mm-hmm. because, for the most part, when I think like, oh, this would be super cool for this character to, to do this, I usually text the player. Yeah, and I'm like, hey would you be interested in doing something like this with your character? And usually they go, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't feel too much like I'm railroading yeah. them. Cause I'm like options. Yeah. Options. Rarely <laughs> is anyone going to
0: turn down a free feed, but especially when it fits so well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. Grays. You need a melee weapon with the heavy property again. If your attack roll with this weapon misses a creature, you can deal damage to that creature anyway, equal to the ability modifier you use to make the attack roll. This damage is the same type dealt by the weapon, and the damage can't be increased in any way other than increasing the ability modifier. That's so cool. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I I love that. It's so good. And this is honestly something else that I was going to bring up from baldur's gate Mm -hmm. yet again y'all are gonna get so sick and tired of me (laughs) fucking saying that in this episode there are some weapons in baldur's gate that have i don't think it's this exact name of the ability but they specifically say when you miss with an attack this weapon deals x amount of damage anyway and i was like that's awesome that's great because it basically just means yeah you didn't Hit them where you wanted to, but like your weapon is big enough, bulky enough, whatever it may be, that you still did something.
0: Is that mechanic like used in the same way?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. When you miss with an attack, it still deals damage like, equal to uh, you.
0: I, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess mastery properties aren't a thing in that game.
1: Oh, um, I see. Is, what you're is it just
0: like assigned to certain weapons? Yes, it is just assigned to certain Interesting. weapons. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Um and it makes sense for the way that game doesn't require like attunement or really growth with weapons of any kind.
1: Right. And the other thing to remember too for Baldur's Gate, it only goes up to level 12. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have as much opportunity to take feats. So they took a lot of the more like you have to invest into this feat and they just put them on weapons and things that it was easy enough to do that
0: they're like time is short you deserve this (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yet your playthrough will be a a hundred
1: hours (laughs) oh if your playthrough is not a hundred hours like please tell me you were doing a speed run that's so insane to me dude yeah if if you get through that on in less than a hundred hours just by like here i go off to do the thing and you just randomly finish it that fast i'm scared of you (laughs) like that's Man, you must have the most neurotypical, like, brain ever. Like, you must not know what ADHD means. Because for me, looking at that map, I'm like, there's still shadows in, the in like, the fog of war sections of the map. I can't move on yet. <laughs> What's in that little corner? I didn't clear that pixel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The most terrifying thing to me, like the week after the game first came out was hearing that the amount of people that had finished the main campaign was a number in the hundreds.
1: Yeah. A week after it came out. I still
0: don't know if I totally believe that. That's completely insane to me.
1: Well, I, I believe it. I really (laughs) do. Cause I think specifically when it comes to act three in the game, Mm -hmm. act one is awesome. There's so much going on. You can fairly easily just hit the main quest points and get through act one in a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. Act two, a little more complicated, but again, you have one singular goal. And if you are of a singular mind, you can skip everything else and probably make it through act two in a matter of several hours. Mm -hmm. Act three. Good luck. You got to go find it. Yeah. You don't even know what it is you're trying to find. Wow. You just go in and eventually there's something happening that you need to do. You can't one track mind act three. That's fun. It's really cool. Yeah. So many of the quests are interconnected. Yeah.
0: I just, I was, I was so stunned by that because the, the player numbers are huge. And have been huge since the launch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and only 100 in and seven a days. 100 people <laughs> in seven days. And the number of people, the, you know, the number of hours collectively people spent in character creation in th- was over a 100,000. I did see that. That's so funny. That was hilarious.
2: <laughs>
1: that's, that's so wild, man.
3: Hard to believe.
0: Mm-hmm. The nick property this only requires a light weapon. When you make an extra attack of the light property, you can make it as part of the bonus part of the attack action instead of as a bonus action. So this frees up your bonus action. You can only make this extra attack once per
3: turn. That ain't bad. Just yeah. just
0: move it from bonus to an extra attack
1: mm-hmm that's pretty cool um love that i'm gonna distract again for yep. another 30 seconds because in reaching for a handful of mike and x i believe i found a shark tooth dog did you should show that to the camera
0: it's not it's not going to be in focus but like you found like the amber relic from skyward sword <laughs>
1: We got we got a messed up Mike and I. I'm not eating that. That scares me. <laughs> it looks weird, man. I don't <laughs> like that. Anyway, It was
0: left in the machine a bit too long and then <laughs> fell out by chance. Yeah, yeah. But push it, requires heavy two handed or versatile property. If you if you hit a creature with this weapon, you can push the creature up to 10 feet straight away from yourself if it is large or smaller.
1: Ooh, not requiring a save of any kind is real good.
0: This is great, and it only has... It, it has only one prerec- prerequisite, but a choice between three different ones. Mm-hmm. Which is very crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Versatile is probably going to be the one most used for this with, like, a longsword or something. Are I I guess it depends uh, on, does the longsword have that?
3: Yeah. It does not.
1: What has push?
3: The pike has push. The pike has push. Oh, that's sick. All heavy weapons having access to this is really, really good. Well... My question is,
1: do all heavy weapons have access to this, or do the weapons only have the mastery option that's listed on the weapon table?
3: Uh, oh. Each weapon has a property
1: issue. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I, I would hope that there's a way to gain additional mastery feats or, like, replace them or something.
0: I think I get why there's not,
3: to be honest.
1: I wonder if that's, um, like, just a straight-up fighter thing. Because I, I feel like there should be a way for you to use different masteries with different weapons if you, like, practice with them. Because, like, right, longsword, if you have a lot of strength, you should be able to push someone with a longsword,
0: maybe, maybe, but it, it would be much harder to do so necessarily, I think.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's why I think it should be locked behind, like, you have to get like an additional speed or a certain level of yeah. fighter kind of thing.
0: No, I get where you're coming from,
3: <clears throat> but yeah, anyway.
1: The the push mastery feat is just really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Sap. <laughs> you need versatile or no weapon property. If you hit a creature with this weapon, that creature has disadvantage on its next attack roll before you start before the start of your next turn. Wow.
3: These are really good. These are really powerful. That's so cool. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I think, you know what an interesting magic effect would be for a magic
0: weapon is this, this weapon has its mastery property.
1: Yes. Regardless
0: of whether your character does.
1: Uh-huh. I love that. hmm That's a great, super easy enchantment to throw in something. Yeah. Also, I did find the answer to our question. Mm-hmm. If a game feature lets you replace a weapon's mastery property with a different one, that weapon must meet any prerequisites specified for the new property. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so they start with the mastery that's listed on the weapon table, but there are ways to swap those okay, out. Okay, so
0: this is why they give the prerequisites at all. Yeah. That makes sense. Slow. No prerequisites. Okay. If you hit a creature with this weapon and deal damage to the creature, you can reduce its speed to, its speed by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. If you hit the creature more than once with this property, the speed reduction does not exceed 10 feet.
1: Oh man, they, they said no to the fighter. <laughs> no prerequisites, that's, though. Uh, no prerequisites, um, that's
0: nice. The first one I saw when I looked up to see what has this is Whip. <laughs> and that rules
1: yes that is amazing
0: I think that's correct <laughs> uh, what else has this club has this that's very interesting to me and the
1: sling the sling you bop their kneecaps with a rock <laughs> you can just woo 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 took a pebble to the knee <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think there's anything else that has it oh javelin that makes sense. If you throw a javelin at someone, it's probably hanging off of yeah. their body. At
0: some yeah, point. that makes sense to me. That's, a, that's <laughs> a big old thing sticking out of you. It's not just an arrow. Topple requires heavy reach or versatile again.
1: Twist it. Topple. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. What in the world
0: made you think of that? <laughs> If you hit a creature with this weapon, you can force the creature to make a con save throw with a DC equal to eight plus your proficiency bonus plus the ability modifier used to make this attack roll. On a failed save, the creature has the prone condition. That's about what you would expect it to be.
1: Yeah, there's nothing surprising in there, but it's just still good. Yep.
0: Vex is pe- peculiar to me. There's no R there. Vex is peculiar to me. <laughs> Requires ammunition, finesse, or light. If you hit a creature with this oh. weapon and deal damage to the creature, you have advantage on your next attack roll against that creature before the end of your next turn.
3: Whoa. That's really... It's a
0: little bizarre. If I'm getting hit with a crossbow, I'm flinching and putting myself in a disadvantageous position. Yeah. You know? hmm I kind of get it. I get it.
1: Also, I'm thinking of how ungodly annoying that's going to be with rogue multi-classes.
0: Yes. Yes. I actually do think this makes the most sense for finesse weapons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, I I think Vex, it makes sense for it to be on firearms. Mm -hmm. Because that was the one that I saw plastered all over the weapon table. Yep was firearms have vex, firearms have vex. But imagine a rogue monk multiclass that wields short swords, because short swords are monk weapons. Sheesh. Uh, all right. Yeah. And short swords have the vex property. Oh my God. So you unlock the mastery, you hit them with the first one, then you have advantage on the second one. There's your sneak attack. Yeah. And then you can key point, flurry of um, blows, stunning strike. Yeah. That's that could get stupid. dirty. <laughs> That's so good. That could get oh, dirty. Yeah. Man,
0: you have advantage so often with that. Yeah. Wow.
3: That's funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm all the way into that. Mm hmm. So overall, these are changes that I love. One of the th- the part that I hate most about creating any new character is deciding like, what weapon do I want? Because the weapons table, especially when you're creating a low level character, is not interesting. No, now, it's so sad. Granted, like the interesting shit comes from the magic weapons that you're going to pick up later on in a campaign. But, like, like it, I, I feel so often that it should stand to reason that I can do something kind of cool and kind of unexpected with the weapon that I'm using. And that's not available to me or in my purview, necessarily, right off the bat. Yeah. And I think this is a good way to handle them.
1: I do, too. I think the other thing that it does really well is it starts to... Fix the problem of weapons being different names for the exact same effect yep yep because like we had the whole like pike glaive halberd lance anything in that range yeah. was a ten foot reach same uh damage type same damage type yeah. same damage dice ten foot reach heavy two handed weapon mmm and it was like, okay, do you want a Glaive, Halberd, Lance, Pike? And you would just say, mmm, I like the name Glaive. Yeah. So I'm going with that one. Mm. But now all of them have a different mastery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just like, just
0: heavy and light give you so much to consider. Yeah. Like, you know, with, with heavy, like, it, it's, a, it's a requirement, first of all, to be able to really use it well. You know, if you're if you're picking that like you want to be able to use it well. So it's more it's more character specific and it feels more purposeful. Yeah. Um and then with light stuff, especially finesse light stuff, you're like, well, am I am I the pretentious fencer? You know, like <laughs> should I be able to hit you twice in around mm-hmm. that level one? Like, yes, I should. Well,
1: because <laughs> that's the other thing too. I don't know if variant human is still going to be a thing in one D&D, but if it is and you get to start with a feat and you start with weapon mastery, whatever, Mm -hmm. you can just pick up whatever weapon you want and use its mastery at level one. Yeah. As a variant human.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think this, like I said before, this is, this is a step in the right direction. I don't think this is the end goal for how weapons should look in D&D. Yeah. I think there's more tweaking to be made and more things to discover. But I like this because it it's starting to make martial characters feel like they have close to as many options as Mm spellcasters.
0: Have to agree. Yeah, this is uh, one of the things that makes me really. I don't know about excited yet, but really interested to uh, try this out when one d d you know, happens and is released in some form yeah, uh, and there are other things that make me a little less than excited, but it's also like just the play tests, you know um, and there's, there's one thing that I really wanted to get to today, but we're a little out of time for it, uh, but just to give you a teaser I'm
1: not all the way happy with the counterspell changes. Yep, we will save that for next week, Yep, but uh, don't touch that dial <laughs>
0: Thank you very much for watching Summon greater podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to send us your homebrew or your concerns with one D and D or your frustrations with wizard as they are many, <laughs> uh, please write into us. We want to hear all that stuff and talk about it. Uh, send your stuff to at greater on Twitter or Summon greater pod at gmail.com. We would love to talk about all Of your dreams. We also plan to be
3: in them tonight. Good night.